Welcome to the Eddie Hot Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. I'm so glad you joined me today as we continue talking about reasons to believe. And uh, we're talking about reasons uh, for believing that Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, th th this is a doctrine of the church, but it's much more than just a doctrine. It has personal application for you and I. As I mentioned yesterday, I'm, I'm just going to allude to it today uh, uh, briefly. But but read this, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 15 to the end of the chapter. Uh, Paul talks about that Jesus being raised from the dead by the exceeding great and mighty power of God. I believe the greatest demonstration of power the universe has ever known was when God raised Jesus from the dead. And Paul says in verse 19 that that same power has been directed toward us who believe. You see, there is no bondage so great that God's resurrection life and power cannot and will not deliver you from if you will put your life completely in his hands. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop thinking that you can just uh, grit your teeth and exercise your willpower and overcome. Yes, our will is important, but we must choose and we must will to put our hands in, in, in his hands, uh, to put our life in his hands, put our hand in his hand. I was just thinking of a song written back in the 1970s, put your hand in the hand of the man who steals the waters. Yeah, we've got to put our, our life in his hands and trust in his resurrection life and power to blast out those, those bondages in our lives, whatever they may be, to blast out of our life and enable us to walk in resurrection life and victory. Hallelujah and amen. Now, did the resurrection really happen? Well, yesterday we were talking about uh, how the, the disciples, proof of the resurrection, is how they were transformed from cowards hiding from the Jews to all of a sudden being transformed into bold witnesses that could not be silenced even in the face of death. And what was their message? It was the resurrection. Jesus was alive. They were absolutely convinced because Jesus had appeared to them. He showed him their hands and their feet and his feet. And you remember the first time Jesus appeared to the 11, one of the, one of the 11, uh, and, and of course, originally it was 12, but now Judas is no longer a part of that group. One of the 11, Thomas, was not there. And later, when the others, the other ten told him, said, Jesus is alive. He's appeared to us. We've seen him. And, and of course, Thomas has, has gotten the name Doubting Thomas. But uh, because he said, he said, I don't believe it. He said, unless I can put my hand into the, the prints or the holes in his hands where the nails were, my hand in his side where they thrust the spear in his side, he said, I will not believe. In other words, he wanted some tangible, empirical evidence. Well, shortly thereafter, Jesus appeared to them again. And he turned to Thomas and he said, Thomas, 
it's come ahead. Now, the Bible doesn't say that Thomas followed through because when he saw Jesus, he, he was overwhelmed with awe. And he, he responded, my Lord, my God. But apparently, they did handle him because Jesus invited them. He said, handle me and see. For a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. In other words, he wanted them to know that this was not some kind of apparition or vision they were having. So he says, come, handle me and see. Because a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. And then one of those who was present, John, John the Apostle, who, who wrote the Gospel of John and also who wrote First John. Listen, listen to how he describes they did accept his, and, and apparently they did put their hand into the nail holes and, and their hands into the side. And he said, he said to Thomas, be not faithless, but believing. You want some evidence, Thomas? Here you are. Now listen to how John starts his uh, first epistle. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So, so John is saying, hey, this was not some vision or apparition. We have seen with our eyes, we have heard, we have handled him, we've touched him. He says the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Isn't it wonderful we can have fellowship with Jesus, with Almighty God, and with all the saints. We enter into that, that great, wonderful, heavenly host fellowship both heaven and earth. Wow. And so uh, we were sharing yesterday how they were transformed. After this, after these appearances, they were transformed into bold witnesses that could not be intimidated. And their message was the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, I mentioned yesterday about the empty tomb. All the Jewish authorities and the Roman authorities had to do was to produce the, the, the dead body of Jesus, put it on public display, that would have been the end of it. We couldn't find the body. And so, so Christianity, this whole Jesus movement, Christianity begins in the very city where Jesus was crucified and buried and then rose again. Oh, they would have loved to have found that body. They threatened the disciples with dire consequences if they didn't stop preaching and talking and even using the name of Jesus. They refused, and at times they were beaten and jailed and imprisoned, but they, but they could not be silenced. And the authorities were helpless. <laughs> they, just, they were just helpless. If we could only find that body, they couldn't find it because it wasn't there. Now, another thing, let me just mention this. This is the one I wanted to, to get to today. The, those disciples... They, they, they did not make the tomb some object of veneration or place of pilgrimage. 
there is no account of them ever returning to the empty tomb. It held no significance for them. There's no account in the New Testament, in, in uh, Luke's history, in, in uh, Acts, all of the letters, the Gospels are, are the letters. There, there is no mention, no encouragement for anyone to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to visit, to visit the tomb. There is no indication that they tried to preserve Jesus' burial clothes, those wrappings that were wrapped around him. Those things were meaningless to them in the light of the fact that they had seen the risen Jesus, the risen Christ, the risen Messiah. Why go back to that old empty tomb? He's alive and he's with us by his Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, I, hey, listen, I've, I've, been, I've visited the empty tomb. There are actually two there, so who knows? Who knows who's right? The Protestants have one and the Catholics have one. That's, that's not important. The important thing is the tomb is empty. And for those earliest disciples, it held no significance for them. And there's no indication they ever returned there. Oh, now if that were people today, charismatics today, they would be going there and uh, having services around that tomb and impartation services and lying on that slab, hoping to soak up some of that resurrection power and anointing and so on. But but the fact that they never did that, never tried to preserve any of his clothing or grave clothes or anything, and never encouraged anyone to make a pilgrimage to visit the tomb, it shows how foolish those kind of things are and shows how real Jesus was to them and how they believed that he really was alive and was living in them by the Holy Spirit in resurrection, life, and power, that they were truly his sanctuary, his dwelling place, his temple. Not an empty tomb. They themselves. Oh, I tell you, if the church could get a hold of this today, how transforming it would be. So the fact that, first of all, they were transformed from cowards to the boldest witnesses willing to lay down their lives for their message of, of that Jesus was alive. Secondly, the tomb was empty. No body could be found. If the authorities could have found it, they could have stopped the movement in its tracks, but they couldn't find any because there was none there. Thirdly, they paid no attention after that to the empty tomb. It held no spiritual significance for them because they knew that there was nothing there. As the angel said to the women, when they, when they came to the tomb, they said, uh, Why seek you the living among the dead? <laughs> he is not here. He is risen. And so it was very real to those early disciples. He wasn't there. He was gone. He was in heaven at the right hand of God, and he had sent forth his Holy Spirit to live in them with resurrection, life, and power. And my friends, that is still true today. So, so we, we've got to proclaim the risen Lord, the risen Christ, that his resurrection, life, and power 
goes to work in the one who puts their faith in him and puts their lives in his hands, who quits struggling in the flesh and gives it all to him. There was a song back in the, I think in the 70s, give it all, give it all, give it all to Jesus. He will turn your sorrow into joy. Hey, I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. What I'm sharing with you and much more is, is uh, found in my latest book, Discovering the Real Jesus. Oh, how the church today, even the church today, needs to discover the real Jesus. It's available on Amazon and my website at eddiehyatt.com. Love to hear from you. If you want to contact with me or with Sue, on, on, on our website, my name, eddiehyatt.com, E-D-D-I-E-H-Y-A-T-T.com. Uh, you'll see right there on our pictures, my email and Sue's email. I'd love to hear from you. If these uh, episodes are being a blessing to you, I'd love to hear from you. And I'll look forward to being with you again tomorrow.